Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. From CBS News, this is The Takeout with Major Garrett. Welcome to the very best part of my broadcast week. I'm Major Garrett, yes, host and creator of this amazing program known as The Takeout. The weeks are blurring together. You know it, I know it. Those of us who are working from home, and I know a good portion of you aren't. You're a healthcare worker, you're a frontline worker at a grocery store, you have some other essential job, firefighter, paramedic, police officer, whatever. If you are essential, keep at it. No, we are grateful for those of us who are still working at home. Maybe you're chafing up against that a little bit, maybe not. Either way, make your best decision, not only for yourself and your family, but for the community around you. Okay, end of editorial soapbox moment for me. I want to bring in a good friend of the show, friend of mine, at least nominally, as much as you can be across the country, Frank Caliendo. I know you've heard of him, a phenomenal comedian, impressionist, and all-around good guy. Isn't that true, Frank? Not at all. Not even close. <laughs> no, I, I want to be honest. I'm, I'm really going with authenticity here. And, good. Uh, I'm average at best as far as people go. Um but I try. I make efforts. I'm human. And I think uh, that's that's just where I lie in the uh, realm of humanness. Uh, effort, uh, C plus, and uh, final grade, uh, or uh, final results, uh, D minus. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, maximizing our authenticity, how are you doing amid all of this, Frank? You know, I'm, I think I'm doing pretty well. I mean, I've really tried to... Listen, when when everything started first going down, because most of my money is made on the road. Now, I've saved pretty well. I'm uh, fiscally, um, and I don't mean this in a political term, but uh, I'm, it, it probably applies to me slightly in a political term but in some ways. But I'm, uh, I am uh, a saver, so I'm a little bit conservative with my money. So um, I, uh, I've been really careful along the way, never expected anything like this. But I did have thoughts like, and I think most people in entertainment do, what if this all goes away immediately? So as my agent was calling me with all everything that was originally postponing, and I do a lot of corporate work. So corporations obviously are not going to take uh, the risk with liability of having uh, big get-togethers as this stuff was just evolving and we're finding out more. So I had things uh, canceling in late February, March, uh, and all that. So, so all, everything was going away, but my agent was calling me like, uh, more news. I go, what is it? Let me know who's canceling. Not really canceling. Just kind right. of like, no, they're canceling. <laughs> they're the word canceling. is canceling. <laughs> Talk to me like a human being, not like a person who's not going to pay you 10% anymore. Right. <laughs> and when you say corporate work, what do you mean by that? What does that look like? Uh, corporations bring, you know, speakers in, uh, whether it's motivational speakers, keynote speakers, um, comedians, uh, bands, all that sort of stuff. And I can do a very clean act and I can uh, appeal to a broad demographics. So I'm, I'm brought in to just lighten the mood at big corporate events, whether it's a, you know, a large bank or just a, even a, 
even some company in the Midwest who um, is celebrating 25, 50 years of uh, being together or being in, uh, you know, a company. And uh, we'll just entertain, do meet and greet, say hello to people, all that sort of stuff. Um, and I'll do my act. I'll work some of their stuff in, talk about, you know, nothing beats Donald Trump talking about, this is the number one cabinet maker in the entire world. Uh, we make countertops, whatever. It doesn't matter. You're great at that. You're great at everything. If you went to countertops, you would be fantastic at that as well. And, and that goes over well. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't... I, <laughs> Tremendously, very, very well, very, very. You know what? I don't ever get political with my right. impressions, so I walk the line. I, you know, it'd be the same thing with Barack Obama saying, "Let me be clear. Let's talk about uh, you know," and I'll do the same kind of thing, or to, or say how each one would uh, you know handle it differently, but without ever getting into the political aspect of it. Um, you know, there's there's all kinds of stuff. You know, whether it's Al Pacino talking about it or. You know, like, you know, throw John Madden or John Gruden, the sports people do very well. But just go in there and, you know, have fun and, and lighten the mood. And a lot of times it's award shows, people who've done really well in sales. Uh, they, they're winning. A, some people are going to win a trip to Hawaii um, for the company. So uh, I'm, I'm brought in to, to be a part of that celebration. And all of that stuff has crashed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. well, obviously people can't be near no. each other. No. So at this there, point. Um, there are no gigs like that of any kind of conference variety or big gathering. So all that has ended. So do you find yourself now that you're at home working things out to an audience of zero or just those in your family? I've just gone to the Internet and started okay. building that, which I should have built a long time ago. I got off of a lot of uh, the social media stuff about five, six, maybe even a few more years before that. I, it was just so petty and annoying and uh, it's faux political, as you might know, On uh, as a person who's inside. Uh, and even though you can only get so far inside, you know more about what's actually going on than most people on Twitter. Just to see the arguments between people who have absolutely zero idea what they're talking about. Um, so I, I just got away from that and uh, I didn't build uh, some of those things. When you go into the the um, the office of an executive at uh, one of the networks or something like that. They immediately look and see what your what your social media numbers are. They want to know who your reach is and what your demographics are. It's a, it's amazing. When I first went to L.A. twenty twenty five years ago, uh, twenty years ago or so, um, it wasn't anything like that. Nobody knew anything about. Nobody had any numbers on who actually enjoyed. If you had a Q score, maybe, but. You, right. you probably didn't even have that if you were relatively unknown. Now people can be completely unknown from television, movies, radio, anything like that. But they're superstars on a specific platform like uh, Instagram, YouTube, or uh, you know Twitter or something like that, or, or even uh, TikTok, which I believe is the uh, end of society as we know it. <laughs> so uh, that's all true, what you said. And I wonder if you think that's a false metric or a valid one. Uh, you know, what do they say? 20% of people are on Twitter? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know you can tell. I mean, there are pieces. I, I haven't really tried to go out until recently and, and gain a younger audience and, and, and talk to them. So 
Are more of those people finding out? Like somebody, like 20 years ago, if I did John Madden, people would say, oh, it's Caliendo doing the Madden again. If I do that and a young person hears, oh my God, you sound like John Madden. I go, I know, and he hasn't been in broadcasting for 20 years. How do you even know who he is? I mean, it's just, it's a really weird thing. It's like when these kids on Twitter get into cancel culture on something for, that was on, uh, not that I was trying to be canceled, but you know, they get in on something that was, uh, you know, if you go and watch a Norman Lear sitcom from the 70s, right. which was a, a very liberal uh, writing and really great and beautiful and amazing and progressive writing at the time, people would go back and look at that and somebody saying some of the things Archie Bunker said or uh, 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 Jefferson or um, – uh, you know, uh, even Good Times, any of those shows, and they'd be like, I can't believe, no, that was people breaking boundaries to get right. people to actually talk about things. And you're missing the point on how it did open up society in a good way for people to have conversations. So it's- it feels shocking now, but to go back to all the shows you mentioned, or Sanford and Son, and see Red Fox, and to see some of the issues that they took head on, and turned upside down, but you couldn't turn them upside down without wading deep into the vernacular, the language, and the stereotypes. That feels to younger audiences now shocking, insensitive, trigger warnings, all this other stuff. But at the time, it was vital, purposeful, and meaningful. Yeah, and I think it's scary, too. To me, personally, I think it's scary that people don't want to hear... Uh, and see how people dealt with this stuff. I think it's important to see how society has dealt with things along the way. You learn from history. If you don't know what the history was and how it's evolved and how we've gotten to the points we're at, you're you're missing a big, you, you can't make judgments. I, I don't think you can. I don't think it's a fair, uh, you know, there was a Todd Bridges thing that went around the other day with some really tough language, but Wow. I mean, it, it, a really well, he played uh, Willis on different strokes, but before that it was on Little House on the Prairie with Michael Landon. And uh, you just watch it and you go, holy cow, this is powerful. They would never do this today. And think about, you just think about, wow, I, what are we missing in society today? Not that you want to say these terrible words and stuff, but just actually people going at and looking at uh, how people of different cultures that look differently interacted in those times. And it, uh, it's, I think truth scares people. It feels like that at times. I want to play for, for you and the audience something that is a, a kind of a special moment for this show. And uh, you had done our show in 2017 and we recorded something with you. Uh, it was you doing... Morgan Freeman doing a portion of President Donald Trump's inaugural address. <laughs> now, I want to play for you something that we did with the great Samantha Bee, who I know you are familiar with. You may mm -hmm. well even know. So I just want you to listen to the thing as it plays out and get your reaction on the other side. This American carnage stops right here and stops right now. Samantha be our special guest. What'd you think of that? Oh my God. <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, I'm breathless. You know what's so funny? We asked Morgan Freeman to do something on our show, and I feel very ripped off that he didn't because he would have done a great job. It's a voice. But the words. Do you recognize those words? Yeah. What did you think of that speech? It. Uh, <laughs> I do recognize. Yes, I, 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 do, <laughs> I do recognize the speech. the speech. Well, American Carnage. Yes. I mean, there you that go. gives it away. Yes. Right. So that was Frank Caliendo. 
doing Morgan Freeman. What? <laughs> was that yes, really? ma'am. Yes, yes ma'am. He on this totally podcast. Totally fooled me. <gasps> yes. He is amazing. He is amazing. You know what? She's right. Uh, <laughs> listen, I, I, you know, I, I consider you, and uh, you're going to be appearing on, on my podcast as well, and we've actually talked about you a few times because I know you. I, and I don't want to, you don't have to say anything. You probably shouldn't say anything. But I, I can I consider you, and I, I it might be different because I know you. Um, I consider you the most uh, unbiased reporter. And I think that's, I went to school for journalism. I was never going to be a journalist. But I always learned, I learned uh, in a critical thinking class in college that you always see things through your own eyes. No matter what you're doing, you're going to put a spin on something. Uh, it might be subconscious, it might be something. But I think you do a fantastic, fantastic job of remaining objective and uh, doing your job, which uh, our, our teacher, the Earl of Gro, Earl Gro, was, uh, uh, a, 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 he was, <laughs> it was amazing to hear who he who he loved and did love, but he 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 instilled that in us. He said, "Just try to be as objective as you can and go by the facts, and not try to make yourself part of the news. Report the news uh, and uh, explain what you're seeing. Uh, like I said, as objectively as you can." I say that because if you've ever taken, I've taken quotes, uh, and I've done this on different podcasts and messed around. But I will take an uh, a a. a, a, a Barack Obama quote, and I will put it with Donald Trump's voice, and people will hate the quote. <laughs> it's amazing right. how you just attach a person to something. And I believe, and you, I can do the reverse. I could say something that Donald Trump has said, and I could say I, I've, I've done it with AOC before, and done it at, said AOC uh, read AOC tweets uh, as Donald Trump, and people are like, "That's the worst thing I've ever heard." I'm like. Are you sure? And they're like, okay. I go, well, that, that, that. are you sure? Yeah. And I do that final answer, final answer. <laughs> so, uh, but I think you're one of the people that listens to things. You could list something objective. You listen to the words. You don't listen to who it's coming from all the time. And you do a, a great, a, a great job. My, the, Major, the name I couldn't come fantastic. up with earlier that you might've uh, not even realized I couldn't come up with was Edward R. Murrow. That was who, um, my uh, my professor at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee broadcast journalism was actually just a 101 class, Earl Grove. Everything was Edward uh, R. Murrow. Every, like we, we would watch films. We would read books about Murrow um, and all about Paley and CBS and all that stuff. So I know a little bit of that, that history. But in terms of just... Uh, you know, learning about uh, the media and stuff like that. I, and I, this is just a little bit of uh, brown nosing for me to you. I don't know why I would even be doing that. I think you're fantastic. I, you know, and Thank we'll, probably you. Talk, we'll probably talk about that a lot on my podcast too. You're probably sick of, you probably like it, but you're dismissing as though, no, oh, let's do something. See, this would change. Like right now, people listening, Major Garrett does an incredible job. He's the number one White House fella. I don't know what they're called anymore. I don't even. I can't stand Major Garrett. Let me be clear. Major Garrett does a fantastic job. Oh my gosh, he's so right. Well, I'll just say this, Frank. I'm not hating the last five minutes of this conversation. Not at all. <laughs> not in the least bit. Pile of um, garbage. <laughs> thank you, Mr. President. Um, well. I have a simple formula, and I've talked about it on this show. Uh, learn everything you can 
explain to the audience everything you can in the time allotted and let them figure it out themselves from that yeah. point forward. And that's it. And, and it's a basic formula. It doesn't complicate things. And that uh, allows me to execute on a daily basis. And uh, wherever I've done it, the audience has been receptive. So I appreciate that very much. Yeah. Uh, Frank, are you uh, worried about the future of entertainment? Uh, do you worry that stand-up is not going to be the same, that uh, people are not going to go to the movie theaters, that the consumptive engine that uh, fuels entertainment is going to be dramatically changed by this experience? I think for a while, for sure. I think I'm scared overall, uh, worried about it, absolutely, because it's just the, it's, a, it's an unknown right now. Um, I do think that eventually people will get to a point, like I'm going to use a, an example that's it might sound harsh. I'm not trying to make it sound that way, but the realities, uh, I think, fall into place here. 9-11, after 9-11, people walked around in a daze. People walked around scared to death that they'd never be able to communicate with each other again, didn't know what was going on, didn't, uh, you know, people would just, they, they sunk and didn't want to interact with people for a while. They were so taken aback by what had happened. But time is a great healer. And time takes us away. Now, I know these are different situations. I know uh, that was a, a, a single moment, a single event, and this keeps going. But I think at a certain point, and we're already seeing it, we're already seeing how people are willing to risk something. And I, I believe yep. it's too early. I don't know. I have mixed emotions about the entire thing. I, I, what I don't believe in is congregating in mass uh, outside of, you know, uh, 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 state buildings and stuff like that, especially with weapons. I, I, I can't condone any of that. I don't, I don't think that's the right way to go, but in, even in getting into mass groups, um, when, I, I don't know when we come out or this show comes out, but Donald Trump's coming to Arizona today and I'm in Arizona and I'm like going, why? I don't, I just don't, to me personally, and I'm, I'm pretty apolitical. I go with the flow and a lot of things He's going, why? It just seems like the wrong, the wrong thing to do, in my own personal opinion. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, you know, I saw the stuff about Chris Christie, what Chris Christie said the other day, or yesterday, yesterday when, as we're recording. Listen, people at a certain point go, what, what, what difference is it going to make? And I don't, I, I, I worry about that on both sides of it because what are you? There's no answer right now. And if they never do come up with a vaccine. The world changes completely. Yes. Is there uh, the uh, herd immunity possibility? Yes. We don't know because we haven't been here. And uh, and to bring it back to entertainment, scared to death. Um, but then I just like to, is the word extrapolate on other things around it tangentially. And um, I don't know if that's even the proper sentence, but I think you get what I'm trying to say. Totally. Yeah, I get it. Um, and it, it's just, it's, yeah, I mean... I've saved a lot, but it only works for so long uh, how much you've saved. Uh, not everybody has. I worry about other people. I'm still paying people around me. Um, some I've had to pay a little bit less uh, that were just brand new working for me um, just to, to help them out some because I think it's the, the right thing to do. But at a certain point when you can't even afford to uh, – you know, take care of other people. You kind of have to start worrying about yourself. And there is an element of selfishness. I'm trying not to be too selfish 
uh, right now, but eventually I will be a selfish pig, Major. Selfish pig. <laughs> yes, that will be the uh, normal normal, right? Not yeah, the new normal, I mean, the normal normal. I'm still normal. trying to get people, if you, you, you know. I, listen, as soon as you tell people, this is the crazy thing about human beings, and maybe it's even... Maybe it's not just limited to human beings. You tell people, hey, you can go outside. We're, we're relaxing some of the uh, quote unquote rules or whatever. All of a sudden, people are congregating in large groups. No, you, you missed the point. Gradually and follow, try and follow the social distancing. And I, I don't know. I, and I'm, I'm lost on it because I do love the idea of freedom. But then you start to question, have we ever had it? <laughs> it's one of those well, kinds of things you yeah, start that's... to wonder. That's deep. That's deep philosophical waters. Uh, and one of the questions that everyone's trying to grapple with is, what is the definition of civil rights? And we've had guests on the show who are like, we got to open the economy back open because it's our right and our freedoms. And I'm like, okay, fine, but you don't have the freedom to infect somebody else. I mean, you're not by 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 no understanding of the Constitution or any historical application of freedoms. Do you have that right? Now, if you don't feel you're infected and you are willing to take on the risk, you're right. You are you are fully capable of making that decision to take whatever risks you want to take. But in that process, you may become a risk factor for someone else without their consent. And that's what we're all trying to sort out. And it's not easy. And you and I are not going to come up with the answer. No, I um, haven't. I ha- I haven't. Oh, good. Good. You are. Fantastic. Yeah. Yes, I'm going to do whatever I want, Major. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I'm just going to. I've, I've started. I've started a book club. They're all my own books. All sanitized for your protection. Fantastically, the book wears a mask, just like Zorro. Uh, one other thing, uh, you talked about your podcast, which I'd be delighted to be a participant in. I've listened to a few episodes. Uh, what's the What's the driving force behind the podcast? Do you just want to hang out with people you like to hang out with, talk about comedy, talk about life? What's the point? Well, a big part of it started out getting people to know me a little bit more outside of just the impressions. And John Holmberg, who's uh, on the show, and Scott Long as well. But John Holmberg is uh, the big radio guy here in Phoenix. Uh, some might call him a shock jock. That's not what he is. He's a brilliant, uh, just a brilliant entertainer. Does tons of impressions. We go back and forth and we'll create little scenarios and stuff like that as well. It's a little tougher on Zoom. And that's when we started picking up on the guests. But a big part of the podcast was get to was to have people hear me. Where am I coming from a little bit more? What's my Frank Caliendo's point of view on comedy and the world? Because once you have that, you can understand where I'm coming from whether it's in life, in comedy, whatever. Uh, and I found that people didn't have that before I started doing this type of thing. And people are starting to understand me. I spent a, like before I started doing the podcast, I could not have done as much of this podcast actually talking about some of the things I care about and telling you things that I really felt. And I would, I would go back into the impressions quickly and do a, a lot more shtick type of stuff, which is probably what you're hoping for. But screw you, Major. Um, we can do that all. Let me be clear. We're uh, making sure. Hey, we're just trying to get to some of the jokifications, man. We're doing this. Hey, how come I haven't talked? You haven't been present for longer than I have. Listen, guys, he's doing a very, very good job. It was better when I was talking. And even better when I was. Let it settle down. Settle down. Let's not get crazy here. 
but I can still do those types of things. But people know where I'm coming from in the first place a little bit more. So it was that um, and getting into this digital world. Uh, if if uh, you know the live shows uh, cease to exist, which I don't believe is going to, I think eventually that will relax and we'll figure out how you can make an audience of people in masks laugh. Exactly. There's a lot of opportunities there. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> uh, it's like doing a, doing I mean, a, it will uh, cer- it will certainly change the whole heckler environment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, what, what did you say? I didn't hear you. Pull down your mask so I can see what you're saying. Yeah. Infection. Uh, no, I am. Uh, so listen. I want to pick up on a thread that you left there because uh, having listened to a few of the shows, you do there is much more of you. And to your point, if in previous conversations you would jump back into the impressions, that was probably the safe zone. And you were yeah. probably not as comfortable talking about whatever either perspective you had or uh, either perceived internal weakness you had or something that made you uncomfortable. And I listened to the episode you had with Dennis Miller. We all love Dennis Miller. When I was at National Journal many years ago, he and I used to do something almost every week. I've kind of lost touch with him, but it was great to hear that show. And you had near the end a whole conversation with him about him sort of berating you about your still lingering sensitivity about critics. And he's like, don't, well, I can't say exactly what he said, but don't worry about it. Know you're good and get on with it. See, and I am, listen, and I tell people this, I probably, I come from a little bit more socially, a little, a bit more liberal uh, to the left and fiscally, a little more to the right. You know, if you want to put a label somewhere around the libertarian world, but at the same time, I understand not everybody thinks the same way and I acquiesce all the time for for what I believe is the greater good. Um, and what I think, I, I don't always believe I'm correct either. So I don't see, uh, I, I, if there's one thing I can't stand, it's partisanship and people fighting for the reason. What, what, I'm, what that conversation actually came from, I used to do things on whether, a lot of times I would go on like a Fox News or something like that. No, zero, zero intent to try and have a political slant whatsoever. And I think I was naive on some of the things I did. Uh, because I'd go on a show that was way more opinion than, uh, you know, quote unquote news, um, which is, I guess, most of the day on a lot of the cable networks. But, uh, you know, you get labeled. I don't want to be a label. I don't want to have a label of somebody saying, well, he's he's a, a shill for the Republican Party. I don't have anything to do with the Republican Party. I don't have uh, I don't have a love for them. I don't have as much hate as some people do. Same thing with the Democratic Party. I don't have there are things I really agree with there's some things i'm like i don't know and uh but i don't want to be labeled as one of those things and you go on a show it still does worry me for that i I mean i will speak my mind a lot more um i i i I can't get past that because you know let's say you go on an alex jones show uh, you get, and that's what we think about that for a second, Major. That's it. That's it. I am eating. I am ready and prepared to eat my neighbors. Are you ready for that, Major? Are you ready? Are you prepared to have them over for dinner and then have them for dinner? Are you prepared for that? Ah, um, are you allowed to even accept that? Is yeah, sure. But I just don't want any of them. I don't want any of the magic toothpaste that's going to clear right. clear me up of COVID nineteen. Don't give um, me any of that. Inter- but I, you know, I don't know. I. I, but you, but 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 you, you to to that podcast, you still struggle with criticism. Yeah, I mean, overall, I, I, I 
I don't, I, do I, yes and no. I don't, I know people don't like me. I really don't care. If they want to put that in front of me, that's the problem I have. If you tag me on Twitter to tell me I suck, why? <laughs> You think you think I'm not a bigger critic and I don't think some of my own things stink? They do. I get it. I put some stuff out there just to try. I don't it's when people just nag with the same comments over and over and over and you've already explained it a few times like I'm I did a thing where I was like, I'm working on my Scotty Pippen. And I had to do it so quietly that I had to boost the audio. It sounded okay. It wasn't perfect. But I put that in the tweet, working on my Scotty Pippen. Like, that sounds nothing like him. That's the worst. Like, it, it's that's part of it is the working right. of. What did you – I didn't say have, uh, have uh, crafted this to perfection. I wrote, working on my Scotty Pippen. I don't need these comments and I just block them. now. I just, I don't care. I don't want to pander. But in terms of criticism, I'm criticized all the time. I criticize myself. I don't have actual problems with criticism, especially from people that, uh, if you said to me, if you, if you said something to me and you said, Frank, I I think uh, uh, that's a, that wasn't a, you know, you're, here's where your opinion's wrong on that or where I think you, your opinion falls apart. I would not have a problem with that criticism. But if somebody comes up to me and says, uh, your, your, your Pat Summerall impression, which I didn't even do again until recently because it's so old and I do voiceovers with John Madden and Pat Summerall on current viral videos and people like the nostalgia of it. But they're like, your Summerall's getting pretty good. And I'm like, I've been doing that for 25 years. <laughs> you think that it, after year 24 and a half, something right. magical just happened? You don't know what you're talking about, Twitter fella. It's, it, you know, and it's they, it's always the same types of, and to me, the thing that bothers me probably the most about it when it gets into impressions, which, which I think I'm pretty good. I don't think I'm the best in the world, but I'd rather be funny with an impression than be exact with the impression because the exact voice is just the person. If you find a little bit of a caricature with that, a la Dana Carvey, it becomes funnier. There's like, uh, for example, if I did, if I do a Donald Trump, I could do this Donald Trump that's very, very funny. Or I could do the one that actually sounds a lot like very, 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 very. There's, you see, hear all the differences in that Donald Trump. You could do it up here. You could do it down here. And it's very perfect. It's exact. You can find the ways, but sometimes doing it goofy is funnier, but people don't always get that. And that's why I like the podcast, because you get where I'm coming from on it, as opposed to 25 seconds on a video that's tweeted out. No doubt. And as you just did, Donald Trump, there are lots of variations. There are lots of variations to Barack Obama, George W. Bush. But as we discussed when we were on the show in 2017, the key is that comedic insight into not just the voice, but the mannerisms or the physicality of the person. I mean, when you do John Gruden, it's not just the voice, <laughs> quite obviously. Yeah, There's a whole fa- facial... Up. You right. got to scrunch up There's... the face, man. Your your eyebrows have to do a little bit of a Sharpay move, man. You like Sharpay? <laughs> you like those dogs, man? Tell you what, man. Pound puppy, my one and only puppy love right there, man. <laughs> I can't even see you when I'm falling out. Right, see, that's how it works. I read a, I, so another guy who's on my podcast soon um, is uh, Harlan Coben. Uh, we just recorded with him the other day. Best-selling author, amazing author. And I was uh, 
use it doing the audiobook because I have trouble reading because my mind wanders. You could probably tell that from this podcast. But um, Stephen Weber, uh, who was on Wings, a great actor, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm even more amazed by the acting skill, did the book on uh, the audiobook. And he goes into some characters as he's reading in the character. And I, I forgot it was actually him as he's just going in and out. I go, that's that's really great. That's amazing to have that kind of skill. And I guess sometimes people think I, I kind of did. But this was with non-impression characters. I was going, holy cow, this just blew me away. And uh, I don't know. I lost my train of thought. Uh, but uh, so so let the audience know the name of your podcast. Uh, it's called the Caliendo cast. Uh, right. And, uh, so if you're interested, folks, as I am all the time in the creative process and particularly as it pertains to comedy, there's and I'm not sure this is in every episode, but the ones I've listened to, there's a good deal of constant conversation about the writing, the product, how you do it, how you put it together, your own thoughts and your own perspectives. Frank, it's really fun. It's great to listen to. I'll be on it uh, very soon, like in about 20 minutes, though that's <laughs> not podcast time. That's actual uh you know, time continuum time. Um, but, but Frank, I want to give you this before I let you go. Uh, if you have at times uh, felt scalded uh, by the uh, ravings on Twitter, listen to me very carefully. Don't ever go on Reddit. And I'll leave you with that, my brother. I had nothing to say on top of that. Fantastic. Exactly. Frank, thanks very much. Uh, so concludes this episode, a very bonus special episode of The Takeout with Frank Caliendo. And listen for me on the Caliendo cast whenever Frank decides to put me on. See you, Frank. Thank you. Major. Fantastic. The Takeout is produced by Arden Fari, Jamie Benson, Sarah Cook, Ellie Watson, Zoe Poindexter, and Jake Rosen. CBSN production by Eric Susanen, Grace Seegers, and Daniel Peebles. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Takeout Podcast. That's at Takeout Podcast. And for more, go to TakeoutPodcast.com. The Takeout is a production of CBS Audio. If you like the takeout, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Download speeds up to one gigabit per second. Cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money 
and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.